Let me do it again. Wait. Here, fucking here. What's with the r? That is it. That is Scottish. Here, fucking here. Here, fucking here. Scotland. Here, fucking here. Scotland. It's <laughs> good, huh? I'm Scottish. That's good. <laughs> I love that it's got a swear word in it. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> Welcome to Homebrewed Feminism. I'm Amanda. And I'm Becky. We're two friends discussing all the ways that society, culture, and gender collide. So join us as we amplify the many voices that surround us. Hiya! Welcome back. It is the finale. Oh my god. It's the finale! (laughs) Episode 10. We're into the double digits now. I cannot even believe it. And I have to say, number 10 is my favorite number, so this is it. Nice. We're going to have the best episode ever. Yeah, I've been looking forward. Well, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, because it's like you're looking forward to it, because we've got mm. some great podcasts and great beer and great mm. a great feminist. Mm. Uh, great feminist. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> you will find out. Um <laughs> great planning so um yeah like uh, it's like you can't wait for it but you also can't you can't wait you're like i don't want yeah. it to end it's bittersweet it's bittersweet but before we move on i just want to say happy thanksgiving to all of my americans Yay. you will be getting this on thanksgiving on probably the weirdest thanksgiving any of us have ever known and I just want to say, I hope that whatever you've decided to do, get with family, not get with family, I hope that you are taking a moment to remember that it is time to be grateful. So, and this is my favorite holiday. So it's like episode 10, happy Thanksgiving. Holy shit, my head's going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say, I am thankful on this Thanksgiving. For me. For, oh my God, <laughs> she jumped the gun. <laughs> I was going to say was for gonna... homebrewed feminism and for my co-host, Becky. Oh, thank you. What are you thankful for this Thanksgiving, Becky? Well, if I don't say I'm also thankful for Amanda, <laughs> um, I look like a shit friend. So I'm thankful for you, too. Yes. <laughs> well, this is what I was going for. It worked. <laughs> very cute. Very timely. <laughs> Seriously, um, happy Thanksgiving, Americans, and uh, I hope you have a really good day. Awesome. I hope you're listening to us as you're making your Thanksgiving dinner. That would be my dream. And share with us what food you have, because uh, we love the food. So Mm -hmm. if you uh, wanted to share that with us on the socials, do it. Take a picture of you making your stuff and be like, listening to homebrewed feminism, that would make my Thanksgiving. Awesome. Well, before we get started, because it's the last episode, hopefully we won't get in trouble for playing this. Oh. So, dear Amanda, I'm going, oh. to, I'm going to serenade you. <laughs> Since this is our last episode, and um, we've kind of been slacking on what we started with a really good run of Hamilton references, so here we go. Yeah. One last time. Relax, have a drink with me. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm honestly getting weepy. Like, I freaking love that song so much. I know. So, um, yeah, guys, have a drink with us one last time. <laughs> one last time. Aw, cheers, Becky. Cheers. It's been a freaking pleasure. Okay, so... <laughs> Sorry, guys, for that pause. I am. Uh, I'm drinking a sour, like that's a type of craft beer, and uh, it is getting me. <laughs> so, um, as we start off with our brewery feature, we are changing up again, and we have not just one brewery, but we have two breweries, and mm-hmm. we're not highlighting a specific woman brewer per se, but we are highlighting advocates from these yes. breweries. So the brewery that I've chosen is Vault City Brewing. Now, they, like I said, they don't have any women brewers. They were very honest about that when we reached out to them. And our contact there is a guy called Andy Gibson. So shout out to you, Andy. You've been like super helpful. And we want to highlight you in this feature as our advocate because although there may not be women brewers on staff, you were so quick to shout out brewers at other breweries mm-hmm. like Emma at New Barnes, who we've already featured, which was awesome, yeah. and also Taryn at 71 Brune, which I didn't know about, but we do now, so mm-hmm. we could put that on the on the side burner. So Vault City Brewing are only two years old, so they're a baby brewery. And they actually started off in the founder's kitchen. Nice. So they started off by, you know, when the guys got uh, permission to start brewing, they started off in a kitchen, just cooking on the stove. And eventually, obviously, they grew it to what it is now. Within two years, they're, like, brewing all across Europe at festivals. They're doing the whole thing. Like, they're really well-known for their sour beer. That's awesome. Yeah. So usually sour beer is done like quite quickly and obviously like on a macro scale but mm. vault city do things traditionally and they do it slowly and they do it so that it's properly sour i guess is the right thing and um sounds right yeah <laughs> properly sour properly okay. sour yeah <laughs> so i've never had a sour before but um so this is my first this one. is their first sour everybody this I is know, like right? virgin sour <laughs> This is happening. This is awesome. So what I'm drinking is the Strawberry Session Sour. Mm. And it's actually brewed and bottled in Dundee, which is where I was born. Aww. Yeah. Hometown. I know, right? Yeah. So um, I'm really getting it all in here, actually, with my uh, uh, local things in this episode. <laughs> but yeah, so they're they're really cool. And I actually bought quite a few of their beers. So if I finish the Strawberry Sour tonight i will move on to either the havana sour or the farm to fermenter blueberry which is actually made with blueberries in the county that i live in just now called angus well i think you should do that one then i know but it's like a it's it's fucking massive (laughs) so like a six and a half percent it's thursday go nuts it's thanksgiving (laughs) yeah like uh how pished is becky No, uh, no alcohol-free beer this week compared to last week. We are, uh, yeah. So, uh, big shout out to Andy because you know we talk about feminism and we've referred to this before how women lift each other up and women lift other women up. Mm-hmm. But you know there are men out there doing that too, and that's what Andy is doing by yes. highlighting other women, which is awesome. So, 
You know, Andy, I know you said to me recently that you've got this new dreadful long bus commute now. So, like you've said, check in with our back catalogue and hopefully you enjoy it. And it's making yeah. your journey a little less crap. <laughs> yeah. And let us know how you how you find it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. My turn. So, I am drinking Alchemy Brewing. So, full disclosure, this is the first brewery where we were given samples. And that's a royal we because lockdown, Becky will not get to have any of these. <laughs> Greedy bugger. <laughs> um, so... This is just a moment to say thank you to Alchemy for the delicious samples. I'm starting with Bad Day at the Office. Oof, feel that. Mm-hmm, because the title was just perfect for this week. <laughs> um, I.e., it is the week we're waiting on the elections, everybody. Mm. So you, when you're hearing this, you already know who is our president. But, but just think about per- us. We are stuck in the yeah. past and it's still 2.53 <laughs> to 2.14 or 2.13. And we're like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Yep. So Bad Day at the Office is 4.5% pale ale. It's made from hops from New Zealand. It has a zesty, bitter flavor with stone fruit and citrus aromas. And I would have to agree. It is a very, it is a an easy drinker. You can totally drink this on a weeknight as I am. Cool. And it gives you just enough flavor that it does sit on your tongue. It tastes really great. And there's nothing to complain about this beer. And there's nothing to like say, I wish it was better. It's just a classic pale ale. Very, very delicious. Awesome. Later in the episode, I'm going to be drinking Talisman. It's a lager. So, and then they also gave, they gave me so much beer. And then they gave me Bring Out the Imp, which is a 10.5% Imperial Stout. And I was like, not drinking that tonight because I will be under the table. So uh, <laughs> watch watch the Instagrams, guys, because I am not dealing with that one tonight. But I will. Um Depends so on when this I, election goes. I know we'll see. Might be might be tonight, just not <laughs> on the pod. Um, so when I was cold, like DMing breweries looking for women brewers, Alchemy admitted to hiring women in the past, but they didn't currently have a woman on staff okay. for brewing purposes. Um, but they said to check out Sonia at Jump Ship. Oh, awesome! Beer last week uh, because they guest brewed for Jump Ship, so they kind of have like a partnership. And that's what we like to hear. You know, we have this advocacy theme this week and alchemy is definitely in it. So they could have easily ignored me and just not responded like many breweries did. Mm-hmm. Um, or you they could have just are. said, hey, yeah, we will. I'm not going to name and shame you. But uh, <clears throat> so they could have then also just left it at, oh, yeah, we do. We do hire women in the past and then just left it, you yeah. know, but instead yeah. They didn't. They helped get word out about another brewery. They essentially gave the spotlight to someone else. And I just want to say to James, Mark, and Ely at Alchemy, you guys have been extremely helpful. So thank you so much to you guys for being generous with information, Mm -hmm. time, and beer. While you were pointing away, I wanted to come back and point to you. So I've got a bit of longer one, guys. Than Becky, because I got all the deets, because these guys have been so generous with info. So Alchemy Brewing aims to provide a true alternative to bland, mass-produced beers and make tasty, natural beers that people actually want to drink. They have produced around 200 different beers over the years. They have their core range, but if 
Specialty beers is your jam. They have a large selection of specialty beers produced in limited edition quantities. They brew to tempt the palate and offer a true alternative for the real ale lover. So James Davies is the founder and head brewer of Alchemy. He got started home brewing while studying at the University of Edinburgh for a master's degree in chemistry. Hello. Hello. And then followed that with a PhD in microbiology. Clever cookie. So needless... Right? So needless to say, he's a smarty pants. And I've been complaining about statistics. (laughs) (laughs) My undergrad statistics is so fucking hard. Uh, So Alchemy was officially launched in 2012. And like many of our featured breweries... Alchemy is a small family-run business. He included his dad, Adam, from, like, the start, his mom, Marion, and while chatting with Mark, the sales rep, he mentioned James's sister, Lynn, also helped out. Hey, we love a family brewery. I know. So via the very professional Facebook Messenger, I spoke mainly with Ely, who was extremely helpful by telling me about Jump Ship. She passed me on to Mark, who couldn't be more of a gem. He explained that Alchemy is part of a family of breweries, there's Spay Valley Brewing and Keith Brewing up in Speyside, and then Glasgow's Out of Town Brewing. I feel really lucky to have to get to feature them, and I appreciate Mark James and the Alchemy team for helping me out. And I mean it, guys. These they couldn't have been more convenient. <laughs> Mark came to my house and dropped <laughs> off the beer. Like I didn't even have to go and collect it. He was like, "I'm going on sales runs. I'll just pop by and give you some stuff." And they gave me glasses and they were just they were so lovely. So I just can't I can't say thank you enough. It was just such a pleasant experience. Mark's a gem. Um Mark also left me some beers for Keith Brewing and Spay Valley and he hinted that they do have women brewers oh. up there. So Watch the space. Season two cliffhanger. (laughs) We'll come back to that. Uh, But again, thank you so much to the Alchemy team. And there we go. That's it. Well, that was the last brewery feature of the season. So keep your eyes peeled, breweries. You're going to be seeing some emails from Homebrewed soon. (laughs) We are coming for you thick and fast because, um, yeah. We love it. We love trying all these different beers. It's just, it's been, you know, craft beer is a craft. It's an art form. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like making bread or, you know, like dough who's mm-hmm. making all her fermented goods. And, yep. you know, you know that it takes time. And if there's anything that we've learned doing this is time. So mm-hmm. we get it and we appreciate it. We, we really appreciate it. it. You don't really think about how, when you're drinking your beer or when you're listening to your podcast, how much work actually goes behind this this product. And I think that I agree with you. That's what we've learned is that mm-hmm, it takes mm-hmm. time. I will not take a podcast ever Never. for granted Unless again. it's done by like the BBC <laughs> or a journalist. Oh, for fucking, yes. If, if you've got someone who's doing your research, your editing, you're yeah. going into a fully simple studio, all you've got is your all your equipment mm. is there. Um, no, bro, that's a hobby. Like, mm. this is a second job. <laughs> <laughs> we are invested <laughs> with no that's return. A that's a hobby. All <laughs> <sighs> oh, right, well, we're getting blacklisted oh. Oh. as quick as we're out there. <laughs> 
whatever. The BBC was never going to take us on, I'll tell you what. Oh, oh well. Oh well. All right, yeah, let's get into the clips. <laughs> Here we go, everybody. This week's topic is about women in government. I am very interested in U.S. politics, but U.K. politics for me is a Westminster rich white boys club. Couldn't agree more. Thank you. Literally, I hear the words eaten and I go, Bleh. like, I just cannot. Oh, eaten. Eaten. Eat, I'm college. sorry. Yes, eaten. Where everybody who goes there is rich and white <laughs> and male. And middle or upper class. Exactly. And they go to Oxbridge. Yes. And they make decisions on everyone's future, but they have no fucking idea what it's like. To work in real world experience. Um. So the UK culture around politics for me as an outsider is a bit weird. So my experience is like, I realize that people are more than will, like more than excited to like, let's talk about American politics. But if I was to ask them, what's your opinion on this? They don't have one. They don't they don't yeah. want to speak about British politics. Like they don't want to talk about the politics in the UK. Yeah, I get that. I think um in like in my experience, like through growing up and just through like voting in Scottish elections and having family that vote in Scottish elections, like everyone I know cares about Scottish politics and mm. they go to everyone votes and everyone is passionate, you know, when we've had the independence referendums, whichever side you're on, mm-hmm. people have always got something to say. People are very passionate about that. But nobody really you think cares about Westminster? Uh, not in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, me agree. No, I'm with you on that. Like, Maybe not, not care. I think it's more like we don't feel represented, so why? Disenfranchised. Absolutely, yeah. Not included. So, like, yeah. why would I pay attention? Fair enough. People just seem totally in, uninterested in Westminster. Yeah. So, this topic made season one because I read this NPR article where I discovered that in 2016, Joe Cox, a Labour Party representative and a member of Parliament, an MP, was murdered. Mm-hmm. Her murderer was a white supremacist who disagreed with her Brexit position. This is absolutely shocking that it that she was murdered over it. Like I'm just shocked. Yeah, I know. It was I remember when it was in the news, it was it was awful. Yeah, see, like the thing is I don't even remember it. So like I, I'm shocked. That I had no idea. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, when I read this article, it was the first time I heard the word Joe Cox. Right, okay. I was like, what is this about? I don't know how this got past me. Then further on in this NPR article, it starts discussing in 2019 that women started to leave their seats as members of parliament in droves. And they specifically cited the harassment they received. And that, that to me was just like, wow. Wow. Just my mind was blown. And then then in this article as well, they discuss a survey. And I'm quoting the survey here. They said a team of researchers published a survey in the Journal of Computers in Human Behavior that polled Parliament, quantifying online harassment and abuse against lawmakers as well as their staff. Interestingly, Men in the survey reported being attacked more often than women did, but the abuse 
is largely confined to their professional duties, posting of defamatory materials, and abuse on political grounds. Mm, Now, this is so interesting. This is so interesting. Yeah, yeah. For women, the Mm. attacks were glaringly personal. Personal, yeah. With far more threats of death, rape, and other physical violence, and not just to themselves. 62% of female MPs reported that online trolls made physical threats to their family and friends. For male MPs, it was only 6%. So just to repeat, 62 versus 6. My mind. Like, that is staggering. Staggering. Ten times. Over yeah. ten times. And yeah, over ten it, times. Furthermore, because I thought I was writing a paper. <laughs> Get the <laughs> wee pinky suit to my Excuse me. I am intelligent. Um, in an article from The Guardian, Sarah Walston, a liberal Democrat MP who was chair of the Health Select Committee, or at least was when this article came out, said... I look around at my select committee table, and you've got Labor MP Rosie Cooper, who had an actual plot to murder her. You've got a Lib Dem MP, former Labor MP, Luciana Berger, who has seen a total of six different people convicted for threats to her and her family. For goodness sake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is madness. This is how do we get this to stop? If even courts aren't deterring these misogynistic threats, <laughs> it might sound absolutely nuts, everybody. But in my opinion, in my humble, nobody opinion, we need more women to run. Mm-hmm. Because we cannot allow anonymous fucking losers. I said it. Fucking losers on the Internet to limit our representation in government. Because that's what this means. That is what we have to lose if women stop running in fear of scumbags. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've been saying it how many episodes now? How many episodes? Visibility is key. Exactly. And, you know, the, you know, we're seeing what can we do. And it's obviously it's not on us, but it is on the government, which these women are experiencing this first-handedly. So it's like, if the data is there, the government has the power to change this and they're not doing it. I guess I didn't read into this bit, but I guess, like, the government was going after Facebook and such and Twitter to, like, start, like, reeling it in, like, start controlling this, but I didn't read much into it. So I'm not going to talk about that. Okay, but okay. <clears throat> apparently the government has kind of tried, tried to push the blame onto the social medias. Anyways, um, <laughs> if women stop running because these saddos on the internet get their hard-ons by threatening rape, women as a collective will suffer. Men do not have the capacity to represent our gender. No. They, I'm sorry. <laughs> they do not understand the complexities and context of our lives and the emotional labor to get them on side for things is going to be too much work. I want mm-hmm. women. I want women. I want less white men around a table discussing women's health. I want women at the table. Yes. Like we said uh, the other week, there's how many 
white, middle-class, middle-aged men at the top of this government deciding on women's health? Six. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. So... Hello? Um, I'm bringing you a clip from a podcast called Engendered. Engendered features stories that explore the systems, practices, and policies that enable gender-based violence and oppression and the solutions to end it. In episode 109, host Terry Yuan interviews Erin Velarde. She's the founder and CEO of Vote Run Lead. Vote Run Lead is the United States' largest and most diverse training program for women to run for office and win. In this episode, they discuss how Vote Run Lead works to help train women candidates to run and win, some of the barriers they face along the way, and how society benefits when we have more women in elected office and positions of power. I have heard Aaron speak on many podcasts, and this is a fantastic organization. Let's take a listen. If you are flagging that this feels sexist to you, then this is sexist, right? That's that's the... Um, if you are flagging that you are being called out because you are a woman and also a black person, then you need to flag that, right? Because, um, and the old research from when I first started at White House Project was to downplay, you know, 15, 20 years ago, it was downplay that you're a woman or downplay that you're, uh, you know, a woman of color. But that is so silly, right? And so now, uh, and I think this research came out of the Women's Media Center, maybe, maybe it's now about five, 10 years old, you have to hit back. You have to hit back. You have to call it out and you have to say, you know, that doesn't pass the smell test for me. Are you asking, can you, can you elaborate? Are, are you asking my opponent those same questions? Are you asking me this because I'm a mom and a parent? Uh, you know, are you asking my, um, are you asking me about my dating life because I'm a young woman? Um, or I'm not going to answer those kind of questions because that reeks of sexism. You standing up for yourself is modeling how you're going to stand up for the community. You downplaying sexism or downplaying racism on your campaign because you're trying to get elected is not going to pass the smell test with voters. I guess why I chose this clip is because I wanted to take Aaron's advice. I wanted to flag and call it the sexism in UK politics and point to the UK organization supporting women to run because you, yes, you listening right now, you should run. I love that Aaron says if you feel like something is sexist or racist, then it is. Point blank. As a candidate, and probably as an average everyday person, you should address it head on. Like she said, turn their questions back on them. um, Excuse me, Miss Becky, uh, are you dating? Are you asking me that because I'm a woman? Would you ask a man, like, bam, shut it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're all familiar with this type of reasoning because recently celebrities have started doing that during, like, award ceremonies when they go back by the reporters and then the reporters get shut down because like Karen Knightley I remember seeing Karen Knightley being like are you asking all the men these questions like yeah uh, so. I've seen it before with like Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. it was Ariana Grande like because they asked her like what would you do like something about her phone and she's like do you think that's all we do yeah do you think that we're that's all we're doing and it was the same one I think Scarlett Johansson got asked about her underwear yeah the best one is um Oh, what's your favorite position? Oh, for Lauren. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she's like, it's just how nicely she puts it down. She's like, CEO. Yeah. <laughs> and she says it in a way that makes her also seem very innocent. Like she had no idea, which is probably not the point, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. You're supposed no, to be like, poof. But I do like that one because it's a clever response. Um, so I'm not surprised that originally women were trained to downplay. Like that's probably a really good example of that. Mm-hmm. That she, That Lauren downplayed 
that offensive fucking question. And I love the idea that we stop downplaying these moments, address them, and because simply we're not doormats. You know, we're not here to make you feel more comfortable. So if you're in a position where someone's going to ask you a sexist ass question, like clap back, call it Mm -hmm. out. As your responses up your sleeve. Be ready, but like also know that you're allowed. You know, I feel like that's something in our heads where we're not allowed to clap back, but Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that's starting to change now. Um, As Aaron says, you standing up for yourself is modeling how you're going to stand up for your community. Like when she said that, I got goosebumps because I was like, yes, because let's face it, like women need a reason to stand up for themselves. We're like never enough of a reason because of, you know, patriarchal brainwashing. (laughs) So, you know what? Then don't do it for you. Do it for your community. Like, what do we say, Becky? When you stand up for yourself, you're potentially standing up for someone who needs to see you can do it. Exactly. Exactly. It'll be uncomfortable. Yes. But necessary. Now, to circle back to see, like, how is this all coming together? I completely understand why the MPs who decided to step down in 2019 did. You know, they hit their limit. Understandable. Now, let's have UK women pick up the baton and get involved. But how? So in the US, I am aware of many players in this arena alongside Vote Run Lead. There's She Should Run and Run for Something, not to mention the supermajority. So I thought, well, what about the UK? Why is the UK so quiet in this in this area? So this was a learning experience. Hands up. I have to put my hands up. I am an American living in the UK, but my brain and my entertainment and everything is pretty much US-based. I barely mm-hmm. take in any UK media. So when I started to research, I was Googling running for office women UK. And literally things were coming up as like going for a run. Okay. Right. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, why can't I find the what is happening? What would you call running for office in the UK? Go. Uh, I would I would call it that you were running for election or yeah, running okay. for election. Apparently not. Here in the UK, it's called standing for office. That may be what they say in London. Exactly. It was hard to even find organizations that do help women stand for office. I eventually found 5050 Parliament, Parliament Project, Activate Collective, and after digging on the Parliament Project website, I found Fawcett. Have you heard of any of these before? Nope. Thank fuck, honestly, because I thought, am I just completely out of my mind? Anyways, so I have never heard of these. And I had a poke about on their websites. I searched Apple Podcasts to see if they're on any podcasts. But I am a bit annoyed. It took me so long to find them, especially this faucet. Apparently, this faucet's like the go-to. Like okay. all of the other company or organizations I mentioned all feed into faucet some way. They're all they all mention each other. They're all very like inter interrelated. Yeah. But I'm just gonna say if a woman Googles, I wanna stand for office. Why aren't you number one on Google? Sort your SEO out. Sort your search mm-hmm, engine mm-hmm. optimization because you're doing it wrong. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That is the thing I'm going to say. I apologize to these like these organizations. If I can help you, please do get in touch. But wow, this was far too much work. It is hard enough for women to run for office. We don't need you to be like making it even more difficult. Yeah, when that's like not the point at all. On the bright side, I am happy to see there are organizations because I will not lie. I was getting nervous when I couldn't find stuff. And I'm going to be digging further into this space. So like watch out season two because Vote Run Lead and She Should Run they have produced a lot of content, and it is fantastic. So UK women, if these companies aren't, like, tickling your fancy, like, definitely go look at how these U.S.-based companies are doing it. Because I, I love their branding. I love their message. I, I follow them because I just love the story so much. But our cultures are quite different, so caveat. I mean, simply, look at, I would call it running for office, and apparently mm -hmm. people who run for office here call it stand for office. So there's a perfect example of definitely, like, British filter the American content. Um, we do need more women to run for office across the board. So if you have even the slightest interest, please do jump on these websites. Any of them, just poke about. Like, just have a little, like, look. If you want someone to cheer you on, I am here for that. I yeah, am... absolutely. You have our support, 100%. Yes. You know what? And I just want to say, like, I'm qualified to cheer you on. And I'm just going to give you a bit of my CV, my resume. When I was in primary school slash grammar school, I was voted the best athletic supporter. Okay? I'm good. I am good at cheering people on. And... Again, if that wasn't enough for you, three out of the four years on my high school basketball team, I got sportsmanship award. <laughs> so, like, get in touch. I want to cheer you on. I want to cheer you on. That is, is, like, my, my like, superpower is, like, empowerment. I'm here. If you need anyone to hype you up, I'm your hype man. Hire me. Because you can do this. Your experience is needed. We need women representing so that we don't lose any progress we already made. If there is anything I can do to build your confidence to run, I would be honored. You can do this. Run, stand, jumping jacks, star jumps, whatever the fuck. Go for office. And that is me. <laughs> What a way to end your last clip of the season. Don't say it. <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, let's let's move on to yours. <laughs> Thank you to Terry Yuan and the Engender team. I want to take this moment to say that I chose a very specific interview for this very specific issue. But the Engendered podcast is so much bigger than this interview. It only scratches the surface. Along with over a hundred episodes that touched on so many gender-related topics, I wanted to highlight their Engendered Collective, which is a platform for survivors, practitioners, and allies to connect in community, learning, and advocacy through the radical inquiry of patriarchy. They are directly addressing accountability, their theory of change on the Engendered Collective website is impressive. Terry recently led a working group with international members working to criminalize coercive control in the U.S., which, as you know from Episode 9, coercive control is a slippery fish. 
We are so happy to hear Terry is leading on this. This is not just a podcast community. This is an organization making change. Before Becky gets started, I just want to put a little thing out there. I am now drinking Talisman Lager from Alchemy. It's a 5.0% refreshing premium quality craft lager. Nice. Yeah. So far, so good. Yeah, well, I'm a I'm a slow coach, so I am still on the strawberry sour, and it tastes really nice. Like, I don't know if this is what Vault City are striving for, so take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of tastes like, like, it's almost like a cocktail. Like, it's oh. so, f- for a beer, it's so full of flavour, and, you know, it's almost like that sourness when you get, like, a fresh daiquiri or a fresh cosmopolitan, and it's got that, like, mm, the sourness on it, like that's kind of it's kind of died down a little bit now, but it's it's really nice. Oh, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Welcome yeah. to the world of sour. <laughs> okay, so real talk. This is the last clip of the episode, and also the last clip of the whole season. So oh. I am honored to be signing off our first season with my clip. As Amanda said, we're to- we're talking about women in government, you know, women in politics. So that's the theme that I'm going with as well. Now, my clip is kind of similar to Amanda's because really at the end of the day, when it comes to women in politics, um, they do all tend to have such negative experiences. Mm-hmm. So it is really hard to bring such different perspectives and experiences. But the way that mine will differ is that I'm bringing an experience from an actual member of the Scottish Parliament, so someone that has these experiences and is actively working in politics. So, the podcast that I chose this clip from is called All Good in the Sisterhood, and this is a pod hosted by Sophie Donald. Now, before we get started, Sophie has been like our biggest cheerleader online. Now, we spoke to Sophie months ago and said... Bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we will be featuring you and you were so supportive Sophie and we're so grateful for that because unfortunately it turns out that women in government is the last episode of the season so <laughs> we're really, hanging in. <laughs> yeah like thank you so much and you've been so supportive anything we share on social media she's like the one of the first people to like it yeah. and yeah we feel the love so we're really really grateful it's the total women supporting women mm-hmm. um yeah we're, we're so grateful for it yeah, we are not your competition. You know, like, it, no, it's absolutely like, welcome not. to the podcasting world. She's been very welcoming. So thank you, Sophie. Exactly. So this is why I chose this pod, because, you know, for me, who's quite patriotic, it was quite nice finding out that it, I didn't know at the time. But as I got speaking to Sophie, I found out that it was a, you know, she's Scottish. So I have a fellow Scot, a fellow feminist, fellow woman and a fellow indie pod. So it's quite nice being able to tie up in a pretty bow with Mm. this. If you're looking for your weekly dose of inspiration and empowerment and positivity to just get you through life because we get it, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you should check out this podcast because Sophie says that this is the right place for this. Every week she has interviews with special guests where they talk about the struggles and hardships that they've gone through and how ultimately these experiences have made them stronger people. Usually it's women, so stronger women. So she signs off her pod by saying that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, 
you are part of the sisterhood now. So mm. thank you, Sophie. <laughs> yes, I accept. Yeah. <laughs> so back to the politics chat. The episode from this pod that I chose a clip from is episode 11, and it's a woman in politics theme with an MSP, which is a member of Scottish Parliament, called Kate Forbes. Now, Kate represents the constituency of Skye, Lochaber and Badenoch, which is one of eight constituencies in the Highlands and Islands. Now, do you know what I mean by constituency? What's your equivalent in the USA? Districts. Districts. I was going to say districts. No worries. And this year, in February, she was appointed as the Cabinet Secretary for Finance in the Scottish Government. So you might think, okay, cool, why is this relevant? Well, Kate was the first woman and the youngest, as she was under 30 at the time, to give the budget speech in both Holyrood, which is the Scottish Parliament building, and Westminster, which is in London. And when she was given this speech, she was given less than a day's notice to prepare for it. Like three hours, she said. That's insane. That's insane. So, um, in the episode, you know, if you listen to the episode in full, so they, they talk through her experience of that and how she felt in the hours leading up to it. So, Kate's career path to becoming an MSP wasn't entirely maybe conv- conventionally, as many politicians do. You know, she didn't study politics. Uh, she studied history. Mm-hmm. And then she went on to do accountancy. Which is probably why finance is relevant for her. Yeah. And in this episode, they talk about how Kate feels as a woman in politics and also just dealing with the pressures of being a politician, not gendered, mm-hmm. just being a woman in politics and then being a politician. Mm-hmm. And they also talk about the underrepresentation of women and, you know, marginalised people in politics. Mm-hmm. So Sophie signs off on the description of this episode by saying that. You know, if you're guilty, like her, of not being very interested in politics, then this episode is like a good place to start because it's light hard listen and it's an interesting insight to what it's actually like to be a politician. I have to agree. Like I have to say that that's why I thought it was it was a really nice starting off my clip and going to yours because yours gives a bit more of a day-to-day what it's like to actually be a politician. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, mm-hmm. you've kind of given, like, a general, this is the, this is the reality for this is many. The job. Yeah, whereas mm-hmm. this is a more personalised experience. So, in the episode, Kate talks about being elected at a really young age. You know, she ran for... See, I say it naturally is ran for office. So, she <laughs> she uh, ran for office at the age of 25, which is the age that I am. So... Mm-hmm. Wow, um, (laughs) you know, good for you. So she talks about how she feels that not only can youth be a disadvantage, but also her gender when it comes to politics. So you're left questioning, well, you know, pick your poison. What am I being discriminated on today? Is it because I'm 25 or is it because uh, I'm a woman? You know, so she was frequently asked, how old are you? And people, you know, which is quite inappropriate, I feel, because as women get older... Uh, that's one of those like do not ask that question so it's like yeah okay double standard like get the Mm -hmm. fuck out of here that really reminds me of our first episode where we were talking about april quio how she was like the intersection between black and a woman like is it because i'm black or is it because i'm a woman which one is it so yeah i totally yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, which is very true, and, and we totally we totally get that. And I understand the age thing as well because mm-hmm. experienced it, you know. Yeah. When is that an indicator of your worthiness? Not that it should be anything, but you know, she's clearly able to get elected. Let's not bring so the ageism into this, Becky. That. But mm, we got a lot of people <laughs> that are running for office that are of a certain generation that does not pass the smell test for me so i'm well and truly into Mm -hmm. this under 30 more under 30s let's do it yeah exactly so i think that we definitely need more younger women in office and in the episode kate goes on to give advice on what women can do if they're interested in getting into politics which as we've said is Mm -hmm. extremely important so we will get into the clip now and then we'll break it it down i've got a survey that was carried out and it says that 48 percent of women have said that they've experienced offensive, unwanted or humiliating behaviour, whereas 12% of males said that. So what do, you, what do you personally think about that statistic? Have you ever faced that, being a woman in politics? I think that statistic is spot on. Mm. And I think it is the biggest hurdle to getting more women involved in politics. Mm. I remember when I was standing for election, going to a local hustings. And my younger sister came along with me and she was just getting into politics. She was quite young and she came along to Hastings, very excited. Hastings, just like a debate, came along quite excited about it. And she left after hearing so much vitriol and abuse flying around in the questions saying, well, if that's what politics is like, I want nothing to do with it. And I think that's a problem. It turns off young women. And I think in our politics just now, people no longer deal with the issue want to attack the person Mm. and that's you know that's legitimate in a sense because we are our jobs yeah but the problem is that people are so creative with their abuse and they know that to go after women they they are incredibly creative and abusive and very misogynistic and rather than dealing with the issue which is they should deal with the issue you know debate the issue is the issue right is it wrong Mm -hmm. they will go after the person So straight away with this clip, Sophie hits us with the statistics. Like Amanda did, we're going to bring in some data because, you know, that's where the the Mm. real deal lies. Sophie brings statistics from a survey on a question that asked women in politics, that asked women and men in politics, whether they'd experienced offensive, unwanted or humiliating behaviour. Now, Obviously, this is not going to be a surprise, but 48%, so almost half, said that they had experienced this, and only 12% of men said that they had. Now, that's not to minimise that, but it's just shown the stark contrast that four times as many women are experiencing this as men. And remember, this figure is very likely a minimum, because not everybody will disclose, not everybody will be Mm -hmm. surveyed. Mm -hmm. And Kate describes this as probably the biggest hurdle that's keeping women out of the run for -hmm. politics. So she brings an example of her younger sister. She went to a debate and she brought her younger sister with her. And the one thing that her sister noticed, and her obviously, was the absolute volume of abuse that was heard in the room where the debate Mm was. And you know, I believe that this is probably has and will continue to leave a long-lasting impression on her young younger sister, 
if that's her first experience of a woman being in a debate, a woman being in politics, is to hear abuse thrown around the room, that's not a great place to start. It's, but it's really shown her the real side of, well, what you could be getting into, I guess. So should we be expecting politics to change to be more accommodating to women or should we be making women more like i don't want to say brave but more but more like uh to use a british term a sh- like a stiffer upper lip in regards to like being able to be in a room where people are conflicting without wanting to you know like sink into a wall because we are conditioned to be people pleasers. So that makes me always think when I hear a woman go, oh, I don't want anything to do with it because, you know, oh, politics get too dirty. And oh, I always think like, like, is it is it actually the politics or is it because we're conditioned to not really have opinions? Yeah. And that's, you know, I was having these thoughts when your clip was, when you were discussing mm-hmm. your clip and, you know, you'd mentioned that all these unfortunately horrible things and then but we should be expecting women to run and I kind of thought well we need women to be protected though because then I I see I understand like I get why maybe women Mm -hmm. are deterred so it's like well we should be like that's why you're you know we need more Mm -hmm. women it's not just that we need women we need more Mm -hmm. because strength in numbers you know cushion Mm -hmm. each other and we can't be ignored you know they can't ignore the mm-hmm. abuse if it's happening in such volumes you know if like as Sophie mentioned here half of all women said they'd experienced offensive unwanted humiliating behavior what if there was more women than what there currently mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. so what all women you know I probably think every woman politician a hundred percent a hundred percent that is I I'm sorry guarantee a guarantee there is not one woman that is in a the political eye that has not taken some sort of embarrassment uh, on the chin because uh, somebody hurled some sort of harassment at them on the internet. A hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah, because women, like you're saying, are so used to being conditioned and it's like we we just make excuse for that behavior. We make mm-hmm. excuses. It's like, well, just, you know, forget about it, which I don't think is the right no, solution. No, I agree. And I think that, it, of course, I have not looked into this faucet and what type of training they do. And I don't really know about vote run lead or she should run. But I feel like there has to be some sort of bit of training on how to make, you know, give somebody a bit more of a, a backbone in, in preparation for when this abuse starts to come. You know, like, I feel bad for that that sister. Like, I do really feel bad for her because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, that probably wasn't a great representation as to what a life of politics could be. Yeah, there is going to be abuse, 100%. But if you're in the, if you're in the fire, you're going to have the, the training to handle it. Like, you're not going to be standing on stage like a sheep being, like, s- gone for the slaughter. You know, you're, you're going to be there and you're going to be prepared and you're going to be ready because that is what politics is. Exactly. Especially, you know, Kate says that in this episode. She says that, that she's, especially when she was giving that finance um, speech, she said that, like, it was tough. People were, like, hurtling questions at you and you had to be, like, dodging and being ready to answer the questions. You get trained. Yeah. It's like being a lawyer, isn't it? <laughs> It really is. It really is. Yeah. There's many reasons for keeping women out of politics because I do see it, you know, it's not that it's passively, but women are being kept out of politics like everything else. They're being, they're never, you know, they're never engaged actively. It's keeping them out of things, keeping them in things, keeping them here, keeping them there mm-hmm, in their mm-hmm. place and all that. 
And there's so many reasons for this. And one of them is that, you know, not many people are interested in what women have to say. In 2020, people say to me, like we've seen in our survey, feminism is a bit dramatic mm-hmm. these days. Well, no, we still need it because people are still not interested in what mm-hmm. women have to say. They still don't take mm-hmm. them seriously and they don't listen. They don't actively listen. So one example of this, which has happened quite recently, is, you know, can we bash Westminster anymore? Yeah, yeah we can. So there was an, a situation recently in Westminster where a member of the Scottish Parliament who was a woman, it wasn't Kate, but mm-hmm. it was a woman, and in the Parliament she stood up to speak, as you do when it's your turn to mm-hmm. address the floor, and basically all of the Tories, which is the Conservative Party, basically they all fled the room. Lame. Now, if that's not like the most illustrative example of not being interested in what women have to say, I don't mm. know what is. I mean, like we're saying, is it your age or is it your gender? Well, the fact that she was coming from the SNP, so she was Scottish, she was a woman. She was probably talking about something that they didn't give a fuck about. But like, this is where I come back to, like, I just don't get politics here. Like, I just don't get it. I just don't get how that's even politics. Like, you can just walk out. I don't understand. Because it's the boys' club, Amanda. That is why it goes back to your first point. Mm -hmm. One of the final points that Kate makes in this clip is that, in her experience, when she's received abuse online, like Twitter, and trust us, Kate, Mm. we are with you on that one, you know, buy Twitter, (laughs) fuck Twitter. Anyway... Kate talks about how when she receives abuse, people attack the person and yeah. not the issue. Now, I knew of this I knew of this sort of situation and I knew that that is what happened, but it was the first time I'd actually heard someone say it so accurately and so yeah. concisely. You know, people attack the person, not the issue. And it was like a light bulb moment. I thought that short statement contains so much information mm-hmm. that I mean, I can break it down in so much more detail, but I just thought it was so accurate. And, you know, I couldn't help but think about um, AOC, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, because the abuse she receives 24-7, she will put something on her Twitter about, like, the climate change or Green New Deal, and someone puts a picture of, like, a caricature mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. her. Well, and I'm like, it's personalised abuse, like you were yeah, saying so you in say your the clip. survey I mentioned, not... that the men, they get... Exactly, they get, yeah. You know, they get hated on their politics when women are getting death threats. Like, it's just... It's... And rape threats, exactly. And the thing is, I don't know what we do in this moment mm-hmm. to fix that, but I think that, you know, as Kate says, she just has to try and let it fly over her head and she gets on with her job. And she's doing a fantastic job. Yeah, exactly. The closing point on this that she says in relation to this attack on the person, not the issue, is that the voice, these voices, these comments, is often what she calls the state Mm. of the debate, as though personalised attacks are a valid line of argument and people don't see that as being wrong. So we need to change that. So like Amanda said... And we've said that, you know, if things are becoming personalised and fucking mm-hmm. challenge it, you know, fire mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. clap back. 100%. Well, thank you, mm-hmm. Kate, because I'm glad that you're in the government that I associate <laughs> myself with. <laughs> it's great to know that we have um, hardworking women that are 
aware of these issues and I know that you will be doing something somewhere with your politician magic to sort this shit out. So that's our eclipse for the season and it's been a joy. I love being able to sign off with this with this pod. So we're going to head on to our final Thank a Feminist. Yay! So thanks again, Sophie. I hope that our listeners enjoyed this. So as a little treat, here's her intro. Hi, and welcome to All Good in the Sisterhood with your host, Sophie Donald. This podcast aims to inspire, empower and educate listeners as we listen to women share their stories covering a wide variety of topics. Each week, I am joined by an incredible woman who tells their story and speaks their truth. So far on the podcast, we have opened up the conversation about domestic violence, miscarriage, women in politics, drug addiction, racial injustice, life-changing accidents, and so much more. So, wherever you are, and whatever you're doing, you are part of the sisterhood now, and I can't wait for you to hear these stories. Okay. Here we go. Our final Think of Feminist of season one. I am going to say thank you so much, Becky. I really enjoyed that clip. I really liked it. Awesome. So this week's Think of Feminist is a bit of a cheat because uh, I am thinking feminists. (laughs) It's the finale. So go big or go home. Am I right? Yeah, right. I also chose this group of women. Because this is exactly what we need and need more of. I want a UK version of The Squad immediately. Okay. Our final Think a Feminist, or Think Feminists, Mm -hmm. of season one is The Squad. The Squad is... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, as Becky has just mentioned, AOC, she's of New York, Ilhan Omar of Minnesota, Ayanna Presley of Massachusetts, and Rashida Tlaib of Michigan. All are women of color under 50. Also, obviously, they're all Democrats, so each of these women definitely deserves an episode of their own. But I really wanted to highlight the relationship of support for one another. So really, it's the squad that's we're thanking this week. Because that's what we're all about, Becky. We're about women empowering women, lifting as we climb, forging a path for others to follow. These women are doing that. What draws me to the squad as an elder millennial progressive woman (laughs) This group represents the demographic diversity of a younger political generation and the advocacy of progressive policies, such as the Green New Deal, which have sometimes clashed with their party's leadership. I love that they're willing to push for progressive policies. So just to put in perspective, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) the average age of the squad was about 38.3 years As of mid-2019. Compared to the overall house age of 57.6 years. Mm -hmm. 57.6. Okay, okay. Like there's an age gap here that is significant. Mm -hmm. And the issues at hand. It's a generational gap. 
huge generational gap. So just to wrap it up, this squad is a support group. That's what it is. It's four women that have taken on an industry that has been a boys club. Way too fucking way long. Too fu- and they're using each other to build each other up. This support group amongst themselves, they defend each other's policies and remarks. To me, they have revived the Democratic Party and have shown that Democrats can fight. So I'm just going to say thank you so much to the squad for being a shining light in politics in America for me. I am so grateful to you guys. And like every other human being in the world, I would love to join the squad. So, like, if you want to invite me, that'd be great. <laughs> Please. We will be your, uh, we'll be your ambassador. We will, we will hype you up whenever you want. Please let us in to this club. Please. Thank you. I want to be your friend. But seriously, I really do want this for the UK. This is a lovely fucking thing. Yeah, me too. That sounds so cool. Yeah, that sounds so cool. I fucking love these four women. And I would love to be able to look at the UK politics and be like, oh my God, look at women fucking bumping fists, being like besties, supporting each other in an industry that definitely doesn't accept them. You know? So come on, UK ladies, let's run for fucking office. Mm. And a side note is that one of our Think of Feminists... On episode seven, Representative Deb yep. Haland was reelected. Mm-hmm. So she has won back her seat with the squad. Oh, that's awesome. The whole squad has been reelected. Thank goodness. So congratulations to all of them. I know. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. That's a good thank of feminists. Yes. Thank of feminists. A bit different. Awesome. Finale. <sighs> Speaking yeah. of, that's that. Episode over. This is it. We did it. Episode. It feels like it's been longer than 10 episodes. Like, in the nicest non-insulting way ever to you. Like, it feels like it's been longer. But I think that's because we've been harboring this baby since May. And it's now, what? Well, it's Thanksgiving. So it's almost December. <laughs> almost as long as you would carry a real human child. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, it's... it's it's strange. It's very strange. And while we're sad to record the last episode, we also love the engagement and we know that we, regardless of what happens with this season, we definitely have not talked about everything that we want to. Mm-hmm. And it's been a great learning curve. And, you know, I'm thankful for that because there's lots that I've learned and that we've learned from doing mm-hmm. this the way that we've done it that we would change. So we might not necessarily do the same thing that we've done this season that we would do. We might not even do seasons. We might do many mm. seasons. So I know. watch the space because we've got so many ideas. Like we need to buy Google Drive storage space. This is where we're at, guys. We're going to start another <laughs> Gmail just to be like archive. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we need that 15 GB. Like we're running out of space. But no, real talk. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. It's uh like we said at the beginning, it's bittersweet to see season one come to an end. But it's also really exciting to be able to say that we have we've done it. We set out a goal and we actually accomplished it. Yeah. It's crazy. 
yeah. In saying that, this is a time to reflect on Thanksgiving and maybe give some more thanks. Absolutely. And I would like to say thank you to the breweries and to the brewers. Yes. Who we did actually Absolutely. have very nice conversations with this first season. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. But I have to say, like, this has been a dream to chat to brewers about their ambitions and about what made them want to start this. And yeah, yeah and learn their craft. Like we said, it's a craft. Yeah, it's so. an art form. And it's allowed us mm-hmm. to be creative as mm-hmm. well. So teaming up with creatives, it's just been, I can't compare it really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been so great. And then, of course, like, getting to our second, like, favorite things ever podcast. Like, to combine these two things that we love into something. And also, like, our third favorite thing is chatting. So, like, to combine all these things together. And it works so harmoniously. Like, I never envisaged that it would Mm -hmm. work so harmoniously. And obviously, like we're saying, we love podcasts. But to our 20 Mm -hmm. featured podcasts, because we've brought two every episode... You know, 20 different podcasts said, okay, Rookie, let's see what you can do. And they they let us, you know, they trusted us with their content and, you know, we've put our spin on it and hopefully we've, you know, grown this discussion and we've added what I hope Mm -hmm. is valuable discussion to these points. And, you know, we're still not done. Mm -hmm. We want to run with this. Like, we've dedicated 15 minutes (laughs) sometimes each to you know when we don't ramble on we've dedicated only that amount of time to one specific experience and it just it just feels mm-hmm. it doesn't feel done it's mm-hmm. good that it doesn't feel done like i'm i'm not yeah. out of steam yet like you know it's so yeah like obviously thank you to every single yes. one of our featured pods um i would name you all <laughs> if i could but especially in this episode to yes. sophie and kate with all good in the sisterhood uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure and especially trying to make something like politics mm-hmm. interesting. You know, we've really zoned in on the typical, difficult things, finance, mm-hmm. assault, mm-hmm. politics. You know, we're we're driving that. So hopefully yeah. it was interesting and, for uh, everyone. Hopefully we've inspired somebody to seriously consider running for office or standing for office. <laughs> that's one thing we can change. <laughs> um, yes. And I would just like to follow up and say thank you very much to engendered and the engendered team and terry for allowing me to play your interview with aaron and thank you very much to aaron velarde for vote run leads existence thank you for being so brave to get this going because i i do feel that women don't just need the money you know women actually need the training they need to be Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. unconditioned they need to be stripped of their conditioning to know that they are worthy of running so definitely go listen to that full episode because they they do touch on that and Last but not least in our little segment of thank yous Mm -hmm. is our feminists. Although we (laughs) didn't have any of you on the pod in person, you're all out there and every one of you are doing your bit for not just women, but for Mm -hmm. anyone that needs feminism. We see the work that you're doing and if we could Mm -hmm. feature you more than once, we would. But there's just so many amazing feminists out there and we can't wait to feature even more. And then we're just going to make this a bit personal. I'd like to say thank you to George Lai for doing our transcription. Yay, George. Every episode. For every episode. Yeah. 
You've been awesome, George. Honestly, like not that I had expectations, mm-hmm. but you've like exceeded anything I ever thought mm-hmm. of someone who doesn't know me but knows my friend and treats me just as he treats her. So it's it's awesome. And I mean, your work is quality and oh, God, yeah. reliable. And we, I don't have to chase you. You get your job done. And I've never been more grateful to a friend who just wanted to help. And you've showed up. And I just wanted to say thank you so much, George. Cheers to you. You're the best man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we wouldn't get away free without mentioning our significant <laughs> others and thanking them for how removed we've been from relationships <laughs> and marriages. As my Samantha. husband mentioned today. Oh, so I'm sitting on the couch alone again. I'm like, yep, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> every Thursday since May bye <laughs> no but for real um, I just want to I want to thank my partner Dylan because you've been so supportive through this and you've been my biggest fan and you know if you've listened to episode 5 mm-hmm. you know you titled that that's credit to you so you know you got your little bit of creativity in there and it was a great title seriously perfect <laughs> title perfect um, title you did great Dylan Thank you for your support and for, you know, helping with my studio setup. And like I say, being my biggest fan, like this is a difficult challenge that I've taken mm-hmm. on with Amanda and especially something like this. You know, I'm receiving so much judgment from so many different angles and, you know, you're liking everything and you're sharing it and it, it just means so much. So thank you. That was really nice. Just like bask in that, Dylan. <laughs> Let's give you a moment to let that sit in. Settle. My turn. Thank you to Chris. You've been awesome. Like this whole time, you've made your usual comedic jokes about being left alone and blah, blah, blah. But I always know that you're joking. And I do appreciate having you in my corner and you supporting me having a creative outlet. Because it has been a while since I've felt like I own something and it's mine and I get to do it. And you have never once tried to make me feel guilty about it. You've always been very supportive. So so we are going to go away for a while. And it won't be, it may not be in 2020 that we bring something your way again. But definitely in mm-hmm. 2021, we will be, we'll be back with something we don't know of yet <laughs> but that doesn't mean don't be a stranger no we will still be yeah. so active you know that we're t- i'm taking this time off to create our tiktok so watch the space yeah exactly so keep an eye on the instagram and the twitter as long as it survives and all i'm gonna say to becky is thank you for doing this with me it's been a pleasure so as always stay open and keep learning see you guys <laughs> see you next year <laughs> okay bye